Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and greetings. Welcome to Unbuckled. I am your hostess with the mostess, Christiane Bella, intimacy architect, and all around dazzling being that uh, today's uh, today's taking a little twist. Um, we had a little tech confusion, so my guest is not here, but I was all set and excited to talk to you about sex work, and I'm going to do that um, because it is certainly the hot topic in, uh, well, at least in the world I live in, um, because for those of you who are familiar with the website OnlyFans, um, OnlyFans was a platform in which people could sell um, videos and clips and and all sorts of things direct to fans. So it was a way for sex workers to um, make a great living and provide wonderful services. Um, MasterCard has decided that they no longer want to be a transactor of sorts um, in the financial um, aspect, having anything to do with um, sex workers. So what has happened is as a result of um, MasterCard bailing on a on OnlyFans, OnlyFans, or in an attempt, I guess, to keep MasterCard um, revenue coming in, people who, you know, I mean, MasterCard's a major, uh, you know, it's commerce. Um, So in order to keep MasterCard happy, OnlyFans has opted to change their platform. So, I mean, this, this entire site was built on the backs of sex workers. Um, and now they are pulling the plug um, and saying that you can only post things that are, um, I guess, what would be considered more of like a artistic realm of, of sexy. So you can still post nude photos and sell nude photos, but no actual like videos of sex or any anything that would be considered porn. Um, MasterCard is defending this by saying that they are doing this because they want to uh, not have anything to do with um, child sex trafficking or uh, revenge porn or, um, you know, child pornography, which, you know, obviously, you know, great. Um, And I think, you know, we saw a lot of the same use of that, those concepts when, um, you know, laws were passed, uh, the, what is it called? It was like the FOSTA, um, and different different things that happened at the, I believe, I can't remember if it was like the tail end of the Obama administration or the beginning, the Trump administration, but somewhere in that interim, um, under the umbrella, under the, the, the great cause of uh, child sex trafficking and, and child uh, pornography, they, you know, they threw all sex workers under the bus. Um and and so, of course, the irony is, you know, anytime you attempt to drive something underground, you create a bigger problem. <laughs> you create uh, more discourse and more reasons for seedy, dark 
stuff to occur because there isn't a safe space. So, you know, in my opinion, this is, you know, a moment where, um, you know, the pendulum is swinging in the wrong direction. Like we, we could be seeing that, you know, the, the importance of providing financial resources to people who are doing work. Cause I guess let me back this up by saying like, I am someone who has done sex work. I am a great advocate for sex work. Uh, I believe it's work. It's, I mean, everyone uses their body in whatever job they do, you know, football players, no one's, no one's going up to like Kobe Bryant and being like, Oh, you know, you're selling yourself out. Um, you know, why do you do this to your body? Like, you know, you should just play basketball for fun, not, not for money. Like nobody does that. Um, so this idea that like, you know, at some point when we involve sexuality in work, that it somehow becomes illegal um, and, and should not be exchanged for money. Um, I mean, to me, it's just asinine. Like there's just, there's no job you know, that, that anyone does that doesn't involve something physical, that doesn't involve um, some sort of emotional, mental, physical, spiritual bandwidth. Um, we're all exchanging our time, energy, our capabilities for something else, whether that's actual money or, you know, housewives who don't actually make money, but they're, they're holding together an amazing job doing a lot of work. I mean, there's so many ways in which we exchange our time and energy for something, you know, um, whether it's comfort of a home or, um, you know, actual paycheck at the end of the week. So, so this idea in the first place that we would make sex work a taboo, um, I think is, is, you know, is essentially the foundation of, of this problem. Because if we treated it like any other job, if you went to a doctor, you know, and he got paid, it, it's like you could go to someone and be like, hey, yeah, I really have this problem. I'm really having a hard time having an orgasm. I, you know, I have this fetish. I have this kink. I have this desire. Uh, I don't have a healthy outlet for it. I'm going to hire someone to do that. Like right now, for example, I have a swing set that I bought. Um, I am not a handy person. My husband is not a handy person. <laughs> so we're like, we need to hire someone who can build this because I'm not about to build it and he's not about to build it. So we need to pay someone to do this job that we cannot on our own do. We need somebody whose skill set is in that world who can make this happen for us. And I see it as the exact same thing. I do not see any difference, but you know, the fact that society has conditioned us to believe that it is dirty and wrong is just part of the bigger underlying problem is this idea that we're convinced that sex is dirty and wrong um, and that there should be shame and guilt about it. And so, you know, here we are in a world that does not advocate for sex workers and thus forces the fucked up side of things, which is child sex trafficking, which is child pornography. Like these things come out of a discourse in our own sexuality as a society in our own embrace of our uh, awareness of our sexual selves and integration in a healthy way of our sexual selves that would then allow there to be sex workers. Because if you had some fetish about uh, baby play, you could hire an adult, a consenting adult to dress up like a baby and do daddy baby play with you or whatever that, you know, uh, assuming it's men, because that does tend to be the tendency, but 
I know there's women out there too who have uh, fetishes in that world. Um, but I digress. <laughs> the point is that there would be a safe way for consenting adults to act out these things in a healthy manner that would actually prevent the, um, the seedy underbelly of things from even needing to exist. But in, you know, in an attempt to repress things, in our repression, we actually create more desire and more dysfunction. And, um, and you know, we have things like what happened last year when like this big ring of, of child sex trafficking broke. Um, and something happened here in Nashville a couple of years ago where somebody was, yeah, was found with like an obs- just disgusting amount of um, child pornography. It's like, you know, these things occur because we are not supplying people with the education and resources that they need to feel accepting and integrating of who they are um, as, as people in general, but especially around their sex lives. Um, and certainly here in the Bible belt, uh, which is why we have unbuckled because that is my dream. Unbuckle the Bible belt, shed the shame and live in a place where beyond secrecy, we actually have transparent, healthy conversations about our sexuality. Um, so, yes, so my guest today was, and hopefully will <laughs> get to come on at a future time, um, a professional dominatrix who was one of the first pro-doms I ever met and was the first person to introduce me to the idea that this is a job. Um, and so when I started working, um, I was a foot fetish model. So people have uh, fetishes around feet. My husband is actually one of them, um, where they find feet super sexy and it varies everything from smelling feet to being stepped on to, um, you know, it, 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 it runs a scope. Um, there's certainly a certain amount of humiliation, I think, which is not my forte um, of, of, I think of, of a lot of kinks and fetishes, there's, you know, there's always that side of things. I, I've always led my dominatrix work more in the realm of empowerment, um, of releasing shame, of coming more in tune to your body, embracing and celebrating and accepting who you are, um, an integration of these aspects of yourself. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had some great experiences doing uh, foot fetish stuff and then um, working with uh, mistresses and and other dominatrixes, um, doing, you know, sessions with people that were more on the BDSM side. So involving spanking, involving bondage. Um, It always amazed me how how much it really was like physical therapy. I think that's the best way I can, I can frame it. So, you know, if, if you have something where it's like, Oh, you're like, your back is tight or you're, you know, something's going on and, and your body just doesn't feel quite right. And it feels like you're, you're kind of stuck in yourself in a way that feels uncomfortable. And, um, and like, you just can't seem to get your body to to work the way you'd like it to. And somebody comes in and can like physically help you to move and, and to um, adjust yourself and to like work through the pain and discomfort of, of the injury to a path of recovery where you feel really connected and you feel 
uh, really alive in your body and you, and you really feel the, the healing um, aspects of, of what your body is capable of. That to me is, is you know, a, a great dominatrix or, or dom. I mean, there are men that, that do this as well. Um, holds that space for you to transform these blocks. Because when you have shame around something, when you have a, a fetish or a kink that you that interests you and it, and you don't have an outlet for it becomes like this obsession and um and it just hinders because there's like this shame around having it and there's this withholding and there's this hiding from yourself and it really does physically weigh on the body um so to get to have this opportunity to to release that and to take these things from fantasies to realities and to get to act them out um I mean, I've just seen it transform people in such amazing ways. I had a client who I worked with remotely, actually. We never actually met in person. And, um, and we would do, I would send him assignments and he would have to send me back pictures and videos of him doing the things. And something amazing that I discovered through that is how much we, when we think we want something, Oftentimes, it's it's the feelings around it. And so, um, it's a wonderful way to really get in tune with what your yes and no really is because you tap into what is the, the feeling experience that I'm seeking. Um, and so, you know, in this particular example, um, something I enjoy is the bondage aspect um, and so I had given him instructions to, um, to wear pantyhose, which is kind of like a binding thing, right? They're very tight. They're very clingy. Um, and so there was this like, you know, bondage, gentle bondage, obviously, <laughs> aspect of it. And, and it's something that I enjoy because I have a cross-dressing fetish. Um, and, and that's definitely something that that I have a, a kink around. Um, and so he did. And then he came back to me and he's like, well, here's what I like about it. Like, I like, I like the bondage. I like the confining. I like the, the restriction, um, something like pressing against my skin. But what I don't like about it is that it's, it's uh, pantyhose and, and I'm, I'm not appreciating the, the cross-dressing aspect of it. So we sat and we were like, okay, well, what is, you know, where do we meet? So, okay, so you like the restriction part. I like seeing the restriction part. Um, and so we came up with saran wrap. It's like, okay, so here's something that is gender neutral, right? It has no energy in one way or another. It's, it's you know, a, a household item, <laughs> saran wrap. Um, it's transparent, which was an aspect that I liked about the pantyhose. It was like, you could kind of see through it, but not completely. It was like that opaqueness. Um, and on his end, you know, it provided that same, that restriction, that sense of control, that sense of, um, you know, something confining him. And so I, I talk about this a lot with clients is, you know, when we, we think we want something, sometimes we get lost in like your partner's like, oh, I want you to tie me up. And the partner's like, oh, I don't want to tie you up. But it's like, what is it that you really want? So you want like a sensation of, of restriction. You want to feel like you're 
out of control for a moment. You want to feel like, you know, you, you can't get away. Like, what is the feeling you want? Because there's so often other ways to achieve that feeling and that experience that isn't confined necessarily do like a specific tool or technique. And so, you know, these are the things that you can discover when you have a sex worker working with you. Um, I was actually talking this morning with someone about um, sexual surrogacy. So it's like this funny loophole in the world of, of sex work where somehow like sexual surrogates, which is like, if you have a therapist and this is varies state by state, because a lot of states are still like here in Tennessee, I cannot imagine sexual surrogacy is, is, uh, smiled upon. <laughs> um, but in, in certain states like New York and California, um, your therapist can actually refer you to somebody who is a sexual surrogate, who essentially is a, is a prostitute, is a sex worker, who you're going to pay them to have sex with you. Um, but they're going to do it in, in this very clinical type way, much more like a physical therapist would. Um, they're going to like walk you through and, and, you know, and, and I know sex workers who, who treat it that way. You know, obviously like I, you know, I grew up as I'm sure so many people did watching pretty woman um, and Julia Roberts being the hooker and, and this whole Cinderella fairy tale bullshit that happens. Um, And, and I think that's the idea, you know, media often portrays of sex workers is like somebody standing on a street corner um, selling their bodies because they're broke and they're poor and they, you know, they need drugs or, um, and I'm sure that does exist. I mean, I know that does exist. You know, it, it is an aspect of the world we live in. But it is such a, maybe not a small part of, sex, you know, it's, a, it's only one piece of that spectrum. Like most of the people I know that are sex workers um, have really boring vanilla lives. You know, they, they have kids or they uh, run households or they run other businesses or they, you know, uh, they're like bookworms. They're introverts. They, you know, they are not doing it for drugs or, or because it's the only choice that they have. Like they're doing it because they genuinely do love sex or aspects of sex, BDSM, kinks, fetishes, uh, what have you. Um, and they're very good at it. You know, it's just like not everyone can be a neurosurgeon. Not everyone can be Tiger Woods. Certain people, we have certain skills. We're all born with certain skill sets and gifts and capabilities. And the ability to hold space with your sexuality in a way that is all-encompassing, loving, compassionate, um, integrated, that that just really is the opposite of the way most people are taught to treat sex, which is shame and guilt. So when people come to me, one of the greatest things that they get out of just being around me is this sense of they're not being judged that at least for this moment around me, they can say whatever they want about sex, about their fantasies, about whatever they're, they're into. And I have no judgment. I have nothing but love and appreciation and acceptance and celebration. I'm like, wow, that's great. That's amazing. It's, it's wonderful that you know who you are, that you know what you like, you know, what do you want to do with it? Um, and that alone is just so freeing for them for just for a moment even to feel that they are accepted, that they can accept themselves, right? I'm just reflecting to them the opportunity and what it looks like to accept yourself, to love yourself, to really feel 
Like there's no part of you that you are pushing aside. Um, and that's just so vital because all of our relationships, business and intimate and otherwise, the reason why they fail is because there's some part of ourselves that we feel shame or guilt around, that we are afraid to show, that we are afraid to even sometimes look at ourselves and we hide it and we bury it and we numb it. And that disconnection and that discourse from ourselves is what keeps us from really being able to show up in the rest of the world and actually have joyful, healthy moments and have great exchanges of of commerce and business and ideas and whatever it is. Because the minute you start to turn any part of yourself off, any part of yourself becomes uh, dismembered, so to speak, you know, none of you the rest of you is is not going to be fully there. The rest of you is is always going to feel this sense of of deprivation and lack and scarcity and and fear that someone's going to catch you as if you're doing something wrong. Um and so when you get rid of that, it is just such a game changer. So um yeah, so I I mean I never got on OnlyFans honestly because I'd seen I'd seen this before. We saw it with Tumblr. Tumblr was like it was free. No one was paying as far as I know. Um, but Tumblr was all, you know, sexy, fun stuff. And then Tumblr was like, nope, we're not going to do that anymore. And then Tumblr is dead. Um, we saw it with Patreon. 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 I think I'm saying that right. Same thing. It was like Patreon was like, oh, yeah, great. You know, you can sell sexy videos. You can do all this. People can pay you. They can be patrons of, of your art. Um, and then they're like, nope, we're pulling that out, too. It's only for music or whatever. And now here we are with OnlyFans, <laughs> you know, so I never got on the OnlyFans bandwagon because I'm like, I know where this goes. I know that, you know, you can ride this wave for so long and then the rug will get pulled out because society just is not in that space yet, hopefully soon, um, where they're willing to see the importance and the value of sex work the same way we see it with lawyers or doctors or, you know, athletes. Um, and I just really feel like, you know, the, the we're only cheating ourselves here um, because you just, you know, if there was something, if there was something going on, if you in some other way in your life felt, felt sick or felt like, you know, something was, was not working or, you know, if you, You know, if you are someone who like really loves to play basketball and like you don't have any friends to play basketball with, like, wouldn't it be nice to just be like, hey, I can call somebody up to come and play basketball with me. Um, Like, I don't like to clean my house. You know, I I pay somebody to do that. That is like a job. I hire somebody and pay somebody to do Um, something I, I did for a long time was like feng shui and organizational work. And oftentimes I would just be there helping the person to navigate the emotional experience of like, okay, well, we have to open this box that you haven't opened in like five years. And we have to open this closet. We have to look through this thing. And like, I'm here for you. Like you can do this. You know, it's, it's just that feeling of, of being appreciated and acknowledged, right? Sometimes we just need to acknowledge that this is what I, I enjoy. And if you're someone who enjoys things that are out of society's, you know, 
basic heterosexual monogamous thing, then it can be really hard to feel accepting of yourself and, and appreciate who you are um, and really have that sense of, of love for yourself. And, you know, I think that's the gift that, that sex workers give is they, you know, give you a reflection of there is nothing wrong with you. In fact, you're amazing. And, and who you are just as you are is, is really great. And you should celebrate this and you, um, and you can have a safe space to explore this. I see this a lot with men who are, are bi-curious or like heteroflexible or wondering whether or not, you know, they're, they're gay. Um, the ability to, to be able to, to test that out in a space that's, that feels safe that, you know, I've had women reach out to me actually. Um, and, for that same reason, because they're like, I don't want to try to like go date a woman. Cause I don't know if this is really just, you know, a fantasy or this is really something I want. And I want to not feel the fear of rejection. Right. I think that's the biggest piece when we talk about, you know, a sex worker is you have someone who is who's guaranteed to not reject you. I mean, you're literally paying them for that reason. You're paying them to hold space and, and accept and acknowledge who you are and where you're at as opposed to having to go out into the world and share with a partner or someone like, Oh my God, you know, I'm into this and they like freak out on you and shame you. And, you know, and then you just try to bury it even deeper. Um, So, you know, a big piece of it is, is the power that sex workers have to, to help you just really own all of who you are. And that is just such an empowering piece of self-love to, to not feel that there's anything wrong with you and to know that you are going to be accepted. Um, so, I mean, I, I've had people, you know, I, I've certainly had shitty experiences where people assume um, because I'm polyamorous and because uh, I talk about sex, I'm a sex educator and I've, I've done sex work that I'm like, you could just like come up to me and just be like, Hey baby, you want to fuck? And it's like, you know, so rude. Um, uh, just, but it happens people, you know, I get fucking shit in my DMS and, and stuff where, you know, people just, you know, like, Hey, you want to hook up? It's like, no, um, sex workers are not inherently sluts. <laughs> and, and even if they are, that doesn't necessarily mean they want to fuck you. Um, so, you know, and never making assumptions about sex workers being, any sort of uh, promiscuous in a negative way. Um, it's, you know, it's a job just like, again, like anything else, like no one, you know, no one asked Kobe Bryant, why do you keep playing basketball? Like no one, you know, goes up to a doctor and is like, well, how many surgeries did you do today? Oh man, that's a lot, man. You're, you're like, you know, you, you really just like, you, you love to do surgery. Don't you You just like do it all the time. Like, I mean, it's, it's just so funny to me. Like, you know, if you just take this, and put it in any other context, it, it sounds ridiculous. And it does because it is, because it is that ridiculous that simply because you put the word sex in front of work, that somehow it, it like doesn't count as real work. And, and it's, I mean, I just can't help but laugh at the absurdity. Um, um, I've had some really like a heartfelt exchanges with people um there was a gentleman who who was highly highly repressed he grew up in a super super religious household um and 
at some point um, he, and I personally believe um, as a result of, of not expressing his sexuality and, and his desires. And um, because I, I definitely believe that illnesses, you know, are a result of our, our disconnection from ourselves. Hence the word dis-ease, lack of ease, dis-ease. Um, and so he got some crazy rare brain disease that had like similar effects to like a, like a Parkinson's or, um, or I don't, I don't know what it's called, but like where there would be like tremors. Like, so, so he couldn't even touch himself anymore because the tremors were so bad and he was pretty much bedridden. Um, and so I would do like Tantra energy work and, um, and do breath work and do massage with him and, and help him to, to move this energy and just hold him and just tell him, you know, that, that his sexuality and his desires and his fantasies were beautiful. And that these, you know, these were gifts and these were part of how God made him, you know, and to help him come to the spiritual connection um, to his desires and, and, and who he was as a, a sexual being. Um, and, you know, I just think like, the the fact that that it had to be danced around like you know i found him like through a, a massage therapist friend of mine who was like hey i don't do this kind of work but this is what he needs and like you know would you be able to help him that he couldn't just you know i i can't advertise this stuff like i can't say um because of all the the FOSTA things and all these, you know, you can't really have, um, I mean, there used to be like Craigslist. You could, you know, you could do a lot of ways to to target and let people know that you, you know, you offer these services and then screen clients for your own safety. Um, and so much of that is gone. So it's like, you know, it just, if somebody happens to be open enough to say like, okay, I'm going to ask for this and, and, you know, and see what happens and maybe it'll lead me in the right direction. And it's just such a shame because I should be able to hop on Google. Like, you know, a girlfriend of mine and I were talking about this the other day because she's, um, she's a divorcee and she's got kids and she's got a business. She's got a lot going on. She does not have the bandwidth to date, but she wants to enjoy sex. And she's like, man, I would love to just be able to like Google, you know, and, and have the same way I could like deliver pizza to my door. I could get someone to drive an Uber for me. I, you know, why can't I just be like, this is what I want. I'm a consenting adult with another consenting adult making choices. Um, and there are places where, you know, if you go, I've actually never been, I've been always curious um, to go to like a brothel in like Reno or Las Vegas where, um, there are like sanctioned places where sex work is legal. And I had a client who actually um, came to me who, who did do that. He, um, he married his junior high school sweetheart. Like they had been together since they were like 13 years old and she tragically died of cancer. I mean, he like cared for her till the day she died. I, I mean, just a heartbreaking story. Like this man loved his wife so much and was just, devastated like did not know what to do with himself when she passed away um and that's what he did he was like i i need physical connection and i do not have the emotional bandwidth i'm grieving like i cannot try to date someone um but i need this aspect of human connection you know our sexuality is is it's a vital part of our lives 
Um, and so he, he did that. And then he found me um, and we would do cuddle sessions. I would just like hold him and snuggle with him and, you know, just remind him that love is here, that, you know, that he's, he's, he's okay to, to be a mess in front of me. You know, he's okay to, to cry and to talk about his wife and, and all these things that would, would be really awkward if you were trying to date someone to, you know, to be in this state of, uh, and, and the type of people you would attract, like, sure, I'm sure he could attract someone who would be like a, a, a martyr, savior, fixer complex and, and like codependent who would like latch on and be like, oh yeah, I'll like help you through. But then you're like opening up a whole nother bag of worms Whereas you could just have someone who's like, yeah, this is my job. My job is to help guide you through this part. Um, you know, you're grieving and you just need to feel human connection without having to worry about my emotional well-being or what, you know, what my needs are. You know, it's like he just gets to receive. And I think that's the other big gift of, of sex work is like sometimes we just want to receive. We don't want to have to do all the fucking things on the other end to reciprocate. You just need, your tank is empty and you just need someone to fill your tank up. And it's like, if that's my job, yeah, it's like, I don't need my, you know, my clients do not fill my tank up. I, I pour into them and I take care of myself in other ways. Um, I, you know, I, I can't advocate enough for how important sex work is. And, and I really do believe that, you know, the, the key to eradicating sexual abuse and especially with regards to children, um, is that we are more open about sex and is that we are able to talk about sex and that sex work is a legal thing. The irony, you know, that you could make a porno, like right now it would be legal for me if I was filming it and, and going to make a porno, um, to, to get paid to have sex. There's, I mean, Silicon Valley, Los Angeles, Van Nuys. I'm that's like, I had friends that would rent their houses out for pornos all the time and make great money. Um, cause yeah, you could, you could legally have sex and get paid for it. If you're filming it, you know, it's just, there's just so much bullshit, contradictory stuff that happens. Um, in, in that vein and in places like brothels and, and certain aspects of pornography. I mean, I think we're becoming more and more aware now of, um, and, and it's a term you're hearing, you know, a, a lot in, in my world anyway, um, is ethical porn, you know, um, that, you know, people are paid a fair wage, um, that, that there isn't any coercion or anything, you know, um, that people have rights to the distribution the same way an actress, you know, like Scarlett Johansson gets paid a certain amount of money and then she makes residuals every time somebody watches one of her films. Um, it's not how it works in, in porn. Typically um, you get paid like some small amount, and then people just blast the fuck out of that shit. Um, and so I think it's really important, you know, to, cause if you're watching porn, you are supporting sex workers um, that you do it in, in, you know, in a way just like I stopped buying shitty chocolate and I started buying ethically fair chocolate so that the people who were getting the cocoa beans were getting paid a fair wage, you know, pay for your porn. Don't just go to Pornhub. Don't just go to you porn, like go to sites, um, 
and I will actually make a note to put some references because I don't know them off the top of my head. Um, but there are some great references. There's especially for women out there that are listening. There's some wonderful references of um, porn that is made for women by women. Um, and it's not all lesbian porn, but it is, you know, porn directors are women. They're paying fair wages. They're being distributed through paid sites. So it's just a different ballpark. But, you know, the, the safer sex aspect is so on point in, in a lot of the um, places where it's legal because you are getting tested. You are, you know, needing to use condom. Like the, the boundaries and consent and um, safer sex stuff, again, you just, there's going to be so much more taken care of in, in a safer way. Like if you were to go, and I don't even know because you know, places like Times Square and in Hollywood, um, you don't see sex workers like, like you do in the movies. But let's just say, you know, you you walk into a, a strange neighborhood and, and somebody's a sex worker um, is, is going to be a much different experience than if it were legal and you could go to like a, a department store, like you would go to Macy's and you would go and you would like talk to people and be like, Oh, I would love to like schedule a date with you. And then, you know, like there's going to be checks and balances to make sure everyone is as healthy as they possibly can be. And, and what is a yes and what is a no and, and what your, you know, services are provided to you, you know, the opportunity to, I mean, one, not only make an absurd amount of money you know, like it, it just baffles me that MasterCard wants to take some like holy moral ground as if <laughs> MasterCard, I mean, just like, come on. Um, you're a financial institution that charges like absurd amounts of interest, you know, in, in the hopes to keep people in debt to you. So, uh, but I mean, we see it and, and the weed stores and like even like CBD, like here in Tennessee, weed's not legal, but they found all these loopholes with CBD and THC. CA and all this shit, Delta eights and whatever. Um, but they're running into the same problem, you know, like credit card companies don't want to take the money, which I mean, it just cracks me up because it's like, again, you're forcing the hand, you're forcing money laundering, you're forcing it to be this shady underground thing. And, and for what, you know, there is, Again, consenting adults who are making conscious choices to participate. So, you know, to to start drawing lines in the sand, say like, well, this money is you know dirty money. This money is is not acceptable. Like we we won't take part in it. Um, versus all the other things that happen in our society. I mean, when when the whole vid thing first started happening and, um, and I was talking about how I didn't think it it made sense to jump down the fear rabbit hole and and spiral into, you know, because death happens and, and we all play a role in one another's lives and contribute in ways that a lot of us don't want to see. And I feel like, you know, we're getting an ugly mirror back with, with seeing what's happening in Afghanistan. And so one of the things that, um, I dug into when I was looking at, you know, how, how are the ways that we do contribute food poisoning? And one of the biggest ways that we contribute to the death of other people is our cell phones. The people that mine for the materials that make your cell phone are usually dead by 25. 
yeah. And they die a pretty horrible death um, because they have all kinds of lung problems um, and all kinds of respiratory problems from digging in the mines. But nobody wants to talk about this. Nobody wants to think about the cell phone that you're super fucking attached to. I mean, people go to the bathroom and shit with their cell phone. Like I know people who just, they never let their cell phone out of their hand. And every year they buy a new cell phone. No one wants to think about the human life toll that's connected to that cell phone. Just like no one wants to think about the, the human life toll that's connected with the fact that you want cheap gasoline. You want cheap gasoline and you don't want people to drill here in America. Well, guess where that gasoline is coming from? The Middle East. What happens? How do we get this cheap gasoline? Well, we go send fucking troops there and we fuck up their shit and then we have cheap gasoline. But we don't like to think about these things because they're uncomfortable and unsettling. And we like to think that we're better than that. And we're not. <laughs> and that's you know the same thing here with this idea of 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 weed um i mean really any drugs you know i haven't looked into recently to see how oregon is doing since they legalized or or decriminalized i should say they decriminalized like um i think everything across the board um but i imagine oregon is doing really well i imagine that since they you know like in other countries like amsterdam and all these places where sex and drugs are not being micromanaged and prohibited and instead, there is this way to actually use the resources that we have to create safer situations um, and to just not keep feeding a prison pipeline that that these things have improved. And, you know, some of you might have listened to uh, I did an episode a while back with um, her name was Jill and she ran Uprising Yoga, which brought yoga to juvenile halls. And one of the biggest things we found was the cycle of underage girls being arrested for prostitution and ending up in juvenile hall. Again, you know, like these things could be circumvented if, well, one, we repaired the foster care system, but two, you know, if there was a legal way for adults, right? So, you know, the minute you allow consenting adults to do what they choose and and profit off of it safely, then the need to exploit children starts to decrease um you know so if we really wanted to save the children if we really wanted to stop child pornography and stop child sex trafficking we would actually legalize sex work that would actually be the key would be to you know stop the shame and the stigma of your sexuality in general and to legalize these things so that there was a way to navigate it that was safer for all parties involved um when Will we ever get there? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I certainly had hoped we would have figured it out by now. But the fact that MasterCard is forcing the hand of OnlyFans shows that we have not. Um, You know, and something else will pop up. I mean, I I already saw on Instagram, there was like so many people who, um, so many people who came through and, uh, you know, we're like, oh, here's other platform options, you know, where um, where you could go and, and continue to do this kind of work. Who knows how long they'll last, you know. Um, I mean, I think, again, it's one of those things we, you know, we don't want to think about. We don't want to think about the fact that there's a mom right now who is going to have to figure out a new way to, like, feed her kids because, she can't make money off OnlyFans anymore when she got to be a stay-at-home mom and take care of her kids and, and do this work in a safe way. Um, all right. 
I have a few more minutes till we wrap up here. Um, so in conclusion, I guess, you know, certainly consider, you know, uh, I, I mean, I've seen sex workers help couples, um, you know, it's, there's just so much that can be done just like anything else. You know, if, if there's a service that you need, um, hopefully you can find the resources that you need to, to find the support that you're looking for. And, um, I have absolutely no regrets about any of the sex work I've ever done. I, I am really grateful to have helped the people that I've helped. Um, I continue to use BDSM in the work that I do. It's incredibly therapeutic when done properly, you know, and, and I think that goes back to, you know, it's like the ability to screen people to really understand where people are coming from. Um, you know, if just like I have a website (laughs) telling you about couples coaching and, and all of these things, like, you know, if you can go through and see like, yeah, who, who are references, you know, like I, I would love to, to know that my, the dominatrix I'm hiring has references that, that, you know, people who vouch for them to say that like they're not being abusive and they really understand the dynamic of what it is. And, you know, I, I think information is power and, you know, as, as much as we can offer informed choices and informed options, um, this is, you know, going to be what makes all the difference in our world is, is having informed choices and options um, so that we can, we can do what we know is right for us. And it may not be right for everyone to hire a sex worker. It may not be the thing that you need, but there is someone out there who does. And, you know, anytime we're trying to cut off somebody else's right to choose based on our own stuff, I mean, that, that's just, you know, it's, it's a very unhealthy and unfair approach um, that clearly has not served society well because with all the bans and all the things and all the laws against all of whatever drugs and sex work still happens. It has happened. I mean, it's, you know, the running joke is it's like the oldest profession there ever was. Um, And it'll be the oldest profession there ever is because, you know, at the end of the day, everyone always, you know, you have your body. If nothing else, you have, you have your mental, physical, emotional self, um, and it's, it's a tool. Um, so I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to talk about this today, but I'm glad we did. Um, I hope, you know, you, you go out and Google ethically sourced porn, um, find ways to support your local sex workers, you know, get, get on Instagram, get on Twitter, see how you can help support these people who, um, who absolutely need it. And if nothing else, you know, maybe at least walk away with less judgment about yourself and about other people um, and more understanding and acceptance and appreciation for the fact that all work is work. All work is work. And I, uh, I wish you all the best as I always do. And wherever your journey is taking you, I am Christiane Bella and you have been listening to unbuckled. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon.